You're listening to audio from The House, located in Kelowna, B.C. If you'd like to check out more resources, please visit us at thehouseonline.ca. Welcome here. It's good to be with you. Uh, We're in this series called Creative for Connection, as Chad mentioned. And, uh, you know, what a relevant topic for us uh, in our culture today, isn't it? Um, There's just, uh, there's a million ways to be connected, but also disconnected, right? Social media is a big one. Uh, how, many, how many of the men in here do the grocery shopping? Okay, a few, a few, a few poor souls. Uh, I also don't do the grocery shopping, but once in a while I get sent out uh, to, to pick up a few things. And so what I do is I like to be as disconnected as possible. Okay, you're going into a big grocery store, there's tons of people, it's scary. Put your headphones in, you crank a podcast, You've got your notes on your phone, okay? You can go through the whole grocery store and talk to nobody. You go straight to the self-checkout line, you check yourself through, you tap your card, wham, you're out of there. It's beautiful, isn't it? For all the introverts, it's beautiful. Introverts wouldn't be uh, putting their hand up for that anyways, but... (laughs) It is so easy to be disconnected from the world around us, and so this is a really relevant topic for us, and I think it's also relevant... uh, because we're people of faith. And the faith community is, is all, all about being with one another. Uh, it's this long narrative in scripture that we get, first in the Old Testament with the, the nation of Israel. God, God is using communities, uh, people groups, to change the world, not just individuals. And so we get this narrative of God accomplishing his work through in the Old Testament, the people of Israel, and in the New Testament, the church. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And I, I think this talk is going to be a little different than uh, maybe what we're normally used to. I, I want to talk specifically about what it means for us to, to be this diverse community, this diverse community of faith. Because uh, when we get to the New Testament, the, there's a shift with the church. Something is different than in the Old Testament with the people of of. Israel, the Israelites, right? God had, God had chosen the, the Israelites to go and bless all the other nations, the Gentile nations, as Chad mentioned this morning, people who are distinct from Israel, who didn't follow their, their laws or their traditions or their culture. And, and there's a shift that happens in, in, in the New Testament with the church. Uh, in the Old Testament, the, the Israelites were supposed to bless the, the Gentile nations, but what ends up happening is this kind of us versus them mentality starts to form. This us versus them mentality, and, and we do this all the time, right? We divide ourselves over big things and small things, right? Like big things like religion or, or, or politics or what have you, but, but also the small things, right? We love to, to divide ourselves over the small things, right? Weightlifters versus crossfitters. Mac or PC, conservative or liberal, dogs or cats. We, we divide ourselves into all these things, Starbucks coffee or real coffee. <laughs> That's my own division. Divided myself from everyone here drinking Starbucks. Uh, when I grew up, I was growing up in Cranbrook, this little, this little hick town in BC, and uh, I was, uh, I was a, a skateboarder. And my family was kind of a skateboard family. I had brothers who skateboarded and I skateboarded. And uh, for whatever reason, there's this animosity, this, this, this hatred, this contempt between us and the hockey players in town. 
And, and Cranbrook is probably more hockey players than skateboarders, so maybe that's why. But I don't know what it was. If it was the like slicked back hair and the greasy mustaches and playoffs, and I think it was probably the track suits. They were always wearing track suits. It was like at any moment they might need to bust into a wind sprint, right? Just like they might need to be athletic at any point in time. They might need to bust into a push-up. And we just hated the track suits. And I'm sure they would look at the skateboarders and they, they just probably hated our tight jeans, right? Our ripped jeans, the jeans we've been wearing for like seven years. When we get to the New Testament, the level of contempt between Jew and Gentile is, is at an all-time high. It's extreme. But then Jesus shows up. And Jesus comes as a Jewish man, but he doesn't just hang out with Jewish people. He doesn't just teach and preach to Jewish people. In fact, he spends a lot of his time with what those, the Jewish people would say are those lowly, good-for-nothing, unrighteous hockey players. Just kidding. Gentiles. He, Jesus spends a lot of his time with, with Gentiles. And something was shifting. The barrier between these two people was beginning to be torn down. And so what we get is in the early church, we get this radical picture of diversity. The church becomes this hub, this meeting place, this gathering of all different kinds of people. And, and it's no longer this us versus them. There's this equality and, and the Holy Spirit begins to come and, and fill the Gentile believers and they become included into the family of God. And I love this verse in Acts. Uh, this is, you can just hear, you can hear the animosity. It says, the Jewish believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. It's like, oh, God forbid the Gentiles get a little taste of, of Jesus, a little taste of God's blessing, right? The church then becomes this grand, world-changing social experiment of bringing together the most unlikely group of weirdos like you and me and the person next to you. And, and, and that is how God is transforming the world. That is how God is working in the world. So there's this great verse in Galatians that I want to key in on. It says, Galatians 3, it says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Every barrier, every division, every way of, of ranking ourselves begins to get torn down when we get to the church. I'm not, a big, I'm not a big salad guy. I don't really love salads. What a good transition that was, hey? I, I don't really love salads, but um, in, in almost two years of being married, uh, my wife, Carissa, has made this, this salad, which we now call Carissa's Cobb Salad. And it's this amazing mixture of, of lettuce and avocados and blueberries and uh, sunflower seeds and feta cheese and peppers and, and almonds. And, and it's covered in this mouth-watering homemade dressing. And it just brings all the flavors out. And you're not coming over for lunch. You're not invited. <laughs> and, and I think this picture of salad, this, this salad bowl is kind of like the church. It's this big mixture of all these different kinds of people, all these ingredients. And each one is unique. And each one adds something to the rest. It's the church. It's this 
community of faith. I'm not talking about, when I talk about the church, I'm not talking about a building or a location or a place. We're talking about a community of faith, people of God. And so Paul can say, and it's astonishing when he says it, that there's neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male and female. This early church included all kinds of people. And they didn't meet in in buildings like this, right? Because we can sort of hide, right? If you're, if you're a super introvert, you can kind of sneak in the back, avoid the greeters at the front, find a corner. You've got maybe one or two seats on either side, right? And you can just kind of do your thing and sneak out the back when we're done. They, they met in homes, though, homes. And so you might be, you know, if you go to a, a, a church service, a church gathering, you might be a, a rich Jewish man sitting next to a poor Gentile woman, who's next to a, a prostitute, who's next to a Roman centurion, who's next to uh, an ex-Pharisee, who's next to uh, a worker, who's next to a slave, this big mashup of people. And it's like God said, what would happen if I put all these different kinds of people in a, one room and we tried to change the world? What would happen if I got all these different kinds of people together and we tried to change the world? And so this church the church we are a part of is this diverse group of people who come together around one thing, which is Jesus, the cornerstone. We come together around Jesus. And this is how God is changing the world. And this is God's design for us as the church. And so I've got three quick points today. Diverse community is where faith flourishes. And a diverse community is where we discover and use our gifts. And a diverse community is a witness to the world. So the first one, a diverse community is where faith flourishes. Man, we need community in order for our faith to grow and flourish. You know, Chad said it last week uh, quite well, that, that this idea that you can be a Christian on your own, uh, this idea of just me and Jesus, this is new. This is modern. And and. You know, we need people to come around us, to, to stretch us, to grow us, to challenge us. You know, when you start to rub shoulders with people who are a little different, who think different, who, who act different, who are into different things, who maybe believe a little different than you, your faith begins to stretch and grow and it gets morphed and, and you become challenged and your perspective widens. Your perspective becomes bigger. It's a lot easier to surround yourself with people who are just like you. It's a lot easier for me to be with 25-year-old white men who are married and have Bible college degrees, right? We would agree on everything. We'd have the best fellowship, right? We'd be so unified and we would pat ourselves on the back like, man, if only God made more people like us. If only God made more people like me. Oh, we'd have so much unity. We'd change the world. We'd be so funny and charming and not even arrogant at all. <laughs> when you start to rub shoulders with people who are different, your faith begins to, to grow and mature, begins to flourish. And so do you sit around tables with people who are different than you? Do you sit around tables with people who think differently, who act differently, who are into different things, who have a different understanding of, of the cross, of Jesus' love for them, who have experienced God differently, who have, who have walked through uh, depression or anxiety or the loss of a loved one and have hung on to their faith. 
We need people to come around us and build us up and stretch us and grow us. And we did this a little bit last week. We heard from some of you some of the ways that God is, is working in your own life. And it builds us up. It encourages us. It's right in the midst of this diverse community where, where God will form in you a faith that can flourish, a faith that is resilient and vibrant and life-giving. We need one another. Diverse community is where our faith flourishes, but it's also where we discover and use our gifts. You know, when I first began following Jesus seriously, I, I, you know, I kind of grew up in the church uh, and didn't really take it seriously until I was about 17. And um, God kind of got a hold of my life with, with a number of my friends all at the same time. It was kind of like a mini revival of sorts. And we began to follow Jesus and we were so passionate about God and his word, but we didn't know anything. And we somehow got tasked with leading this youth group. There's 12 of us. And looking back now, I'm just like, oh, Lord, have mercy on those kids. I don't know what the heck I was teaching them. I was just passionate. But in this youth group, there was 12 of us, and, and each of us could uh, lead and serve and teach and, and, and do different things and, and try new things and see where we might be gifted. And we would affirm one another when we saw some of those giftings come out. And the same thing happened when I went to, a year later, I went to a discipleship school in Australia called Youth with a Mission. And I spent six months with, with 20 other students. And, and the same thing, we got to serve and lead and, and teach and, and explore some of the ways we were gifted. And, and people would say, you know, when you did this, God, God showed up and people responded. And when you did that, nothing happened. So don't do that. I say, okay. Right? You're gifted here, but maybe not here. And you begin to kind of explore and discover your gifts and use them, because it's only in the context of community that we use our gifts. Romans 12 says this, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body, that's, that's the church. We're many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is to serve others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is to give, give us a new building. Just kidding, give generously. <laughs> if God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. You know, there's other lists in the Bible. This isn't a, an exclusive list. There's other lists that Paul will write. The point is that each person is gifted. He says, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. And Paul is saying, whatever your gift is, whatever the way God has wired you, do it. Bless others with that gift. We need one another. We belong to one another. It's not just people up, uh, up here in the front. It's all of us. God has gifted each one. We don't just use our gifts in this building. We go out and we use them. God has wired you in a certain way that will bring blessing to others. And you know what? When you're in community with one another, in a diverse community, you get to benefit from other people's gifts. When they come and encourage you, when they come and teach you, when they come and give to you, we belong to one another. And you know what? I see this happening a little bit here at, at our church. 
I see this happening. I see people who are gifted and who are passionate about, about hearing God and, and speaking out on behalf of God, this prophetic gift. I see people who are passionate about arts and, and coffee and leading worship and hospitality and opening their homes to strangers. I see people who are, who are passionate about giving and encouraging Do you know what God might be gifting you to do in community? Have you been able to explore that? It's only in a diverse community where we can explore, discover, and use our gifts. Finally, a diverse community is a witness to the world. I mentioned it earlier, but you know, it's so much easier to to surround yourself with people who are just like you. Life is easier like that, isn't it? Uh, instead of this a picture of a salad bowl, this mixed salad, what we like is Caesar salad. Romaine lettuce, Caesar dressing. Dump it on, everything tastes the same, right? It all tastes like Caesar dressing. We, we, we segregate, we, we divide ourselves, sometimes on petty things, sometimes on small things, sometimes on big things like you know, we have churches for, for men and not really for women, churches for the wealthy and churches for the middle class and churches for the poor, churches for white people and churches for Mexican-Americans and African-Americans and liberals and conservatives and fundamentalists. And I mean, the list goes on. We divide ourselves often, even in the church. We become surrounded by people who look like us and talk like us and think like us. And I think if we can learn to live in community with one another, if we can learn to live in fellowship with one another, people who are different than you, uh, the world takes notice. The world looks on and says, wow, something's going on there. Something's going on with this big group of people who, who really just have one thing in common, which is Jesus. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's all we have in common. And yet we can come together in this new kind of family, this new community and so we get this text in Acts chapter 2 describing this, really this happening in the early church. It says this, all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Now get this, while, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You know, sometimes I think we we actually glamorize the early church. We put it on a pedestal. We have this image that everything was just perfect and and roses. Uh, Do you think the early church agreed on everything? Certainly not. Do you think life was hard to figure out how to work together and be this new kind of family, this new community? Of course it was. And that's the whole point of being the church is that we learn to be in fellowship with, with the weirdos in our community, right? The crazy people, the, the people we don't like, the people who are expressive in worship and they lift their hands and they lift their hands right into our personal space, right? <laughs> we learn to live in fellowship with, with people who think and act and talk differently. And that's what it means to be the church, we change the world when we learn to live in fellowship with one another. It says God was adding to their number each day. Jesus himself says, 
Uh, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another, not just people who look like you or talk like you, if you love one another. And it's hard to live in a diverse community. I get it. It's hard. It takes hard work, and sometimes it takes hard work to just feel a part of a community. I like how Ed put it a couple weeks ago. We get offended by someone else just walking through the parking lot here right? It's like someone steals your parking spot and you're ready to go down to the next church. It's, it, it's, it's hard to be in community with one another. And some of you maybe didn't realize that by accepting Christ into your heart, you were actually accepting an invitation into this new family, right? It's like, it's like marrying into a family and, and, and the immediate family is great. And all of a sudden you realize the extended family is a little crazy, Right? The aunts and uncles are a little crazy. I've got to be careful because my in-laws are here. <laughs> got a great family. <laughs> but this is what it means to be the church, this diverse community. You know, we've got uh, that painting as you come in, that large painting of the, the, the face. And, and that's really a picture of what we hope for in this community, this, this picture of diversity. You should check it out on your way out. Because there's no club, no organization, no group that welcomes and invites all people in like the church does. We come together around the person of Jesus. And we have to learn what it means to, to live in fellowship with one another. Scott McKnight, he says, uh, the church is God's show and tell for the world to see how God wants us to live as a family. The church is God's show and tell to the world, say this is what it looks like to be in community, to be connected to one another. And so a diverse community is where our faith flourishes, it's where we discover and use our gifts, and it's a witness to the world. I'm gonna invite the team up as we begin to draw this to a close, but you know, one of the challenges for us is that it's a lot easier to talk about this than to do it, isn't it? It's a lot easier to talk about being in community and being in a diverse community than it actually is to do it. We like the idea of diversity, but don't like the reality of it often. We like it when things, when people are like us, things are easy. It's easier to get up and leave and go to a different church if you've been offended or hurt, isn't it? It's easier to, to go down the street to any number of great church communities that are doing great things in our city instead of sticking it out and learning what it means to be in fellowship with one another. The church is messy. So welcome in. It's messy. And sometimes we screw up. Sometimes us leaders screw up. Sometimes we get frustrated. We get hurt. You get hurt. And we have to figure out how to move forward together. And that's what it means to be the church. It's just, it's too easy to stay home and not commit yourself to a community. And it's too easy to float around, you know, these ideas of church hopping, church shopping. It's kind of a new thing to kind of float around from community to community, never really plugging in. It's countercultural to commit and invest in one community, one faith community. And yet it's right in the midst of the hard and messiness of community where God will grow in you a faith that will flourish, where you'll begin to discover your gifts and use them, and, and others will benefit from them, and you'll benefit from theirs. And the world will see a, a picture of God's heart for humanity. And so I, I want to just uh, say one thing, and I want you to hear this. 
nobody is going to force you to commit to a community. No one's going to force you to invest in a community. The choice is yours. And you may uh, not think this community is the right fit for you, and that's okay. But find one that is. Find one to, to put some roots down, to, to, to grow in fellowship with one another, where these people around you become more like family and less like strangers. Find a family where, where they can encourage you and, and support you and affirm where you're gifted. And, and I'm not talking this morning about like getting more involved, like serving in, in, in the info booth or at the coffee shop. This isn't like a guilt thing to get you to start you know, serving more. I'm talking about doing life with people, doing life with a group of people who don't look like you or talk like you. And we learn what it means to be in fellowship with one another and, and we bless the world through it. This is how God is transforming the world. And so you may not want to uh, have your faith grow and flourish and mature and that's okay. You don't have to commit to a community. You may not want to discover and use your gifts that God has given you and that's okay. It's not, it's not sinful. It, it's not necessarily wrong, but but if we don't participate in this radical, loving, messy family, we rob ourselves of God's heart for us, God's plan for us, his purposes for us. We rob ourselves of, of adventure and growth and purpose and meaning and relationship. The church is this big salad bowl, this one big family of all different kinds of people. And on the cross, Jesus made a way for all people to be welcomed in. He invited all of us into the family of God. When we come together around Jesus, not age, not, not gender, not politics, we come together around Jesus. We become this new family. We belong to one another and we need one another. And so this, this morning is really an invitation. Would you commit yourself? Would you invest? Would you put some roots down in a community instead of floating around, instead of drawing back in isolation? We so desperately need it. We long for it. And that's where our faith becomes real. That's where God begins to, to shape us and, and make us and mold us into the image of Christ. So would you stand with me? We're going to pray. I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to sing. Jesus, you have been so gracious. You have welcomed us in, each one of us, not, not because of our, our race or ethnicity or our expertise, but because you love us. You desire relationship with us and you desire relationship between us. So God, we praise you that you have welcomed us in on the cross. You've made a way for each of us to be called your children to be citizens, family. And so God, I pray that you would teach us how to do that. I don't have all the answers of what that looks like for us. But God, would you, would you impress on our hearts this idea of family, that we would become this, this diverse, world-changing community. So I pray for each one here, God, that you would reveal to them their own gifts that they can use here and outside of these walls. Pray that you would uh, reveal to each one here their, their value in this community, that we depend on them, 
We need one another. And so, Lord, teach us how to live in fellowship, how to do life with a bunch of crazy people who we end up calling family. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Audio from the House. For more information or resources, visit us at thehouseonline.ca.